0: All right, we're recording. Are you ready for this?
1: Ready as I'll ever be.
0: All right, let's do it. (laughs) All right, that was by our good friend, Dennis Nove. So today I'm with a very special friend, a friend that... I'm honestly very thankful that I met There's some friends in your life that I could honestly say that you made my life I don't know, some people They make your life better just by knowing them And I feel like you're one of those people Um, Something special about you, you're you're like an encyclopedia When it comes to fighting, boxing, all that stuff and, And it's really a pleasure to have you here today So, yeah, Jamie Rebner Welcome.
1: Thanks very much for those kind words, and thanks for having me on this, on this uh, what hopes to be a life-changing show. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, so just to start, like you just you don't have to get like too into it, too much detail. But how was your trip to uh, Vancouver?
1: It was great, honestly. Just I would have been happy to go anywhere, given the state of the pandemic the past two years. But it's really nice. I, I went away with some friends that I hadn't been away like traveling with in a while. And, uh, yeah, to see the other parts of Canada that I really haven't seen. Because whenever we travel, we tend to go as far away from here as possible. But it's nice to, like, see the other side of the, of the country. On It was great.
0: So that was your first time in the West Coast? Yeah. Nice. Must have fil- felt weird to be, like, so far away from home, yet you're still in the same country. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because, like, you still feel like you're in Canada. Right. But, like... Yeah, you could be—I don't know—the distance, but it's like I don't know, almost as far as Europe or something. I don't know what they say, but it's pretty yeah. far.
0: Because for us, we're used to like driving an hour south, and then we're in another country. Yeah, this is like five-hour flight or something. Yeah, same country.
1: It's just cool. The, the vibe is different for sure. You could tell it's like—I mean, maybe that's just Canada, but even people say it's like California. It's like it's like that. I guess a bit more laid back, but like it's just nice to just see the the nature and everything and be in it.
0: You do get a bit of that, like, granola muncher vibe, you yeah. know, like, people less like hiking. Gritty. and Yeah, less gritty. But,
1: like, some, those people there are in such good shape. Like, everyone's fit. Everyone, like, takes their lunch break to, like, do a 10-kilometer hike. And it's, like, I have a lot of respect for that. Like, and, like, it's just, like, I'm an active person, so I like that type of lifestyle. Like, I could see me liking that, you know, like, living in a place where you can just, like, do that stuff on a regular basis. Whereas sometimes people here, it's, like, oh, you just kind of get a bit lazy, I'm not about that laziness.
0: <laughs> That's right. No, it's definitely um, active. Like, being active is definitely a big part of the lifestyle there. Um, so I guess we could get right into the the topic of, of you know, fighting, boxing, all that stuff. You recently recommended a, uh, a series on Netflix called Fight World. And I thought it was something very special about it. I didn't get the chance to see every single episode. I watched the first couple ones. And, um, yeah, just a couple takeaways is just how much it unites people all over the world people from all kind of circumstances they uh they start to you know getting into these sports and it really it gives these people hope it gives you know its entertainment there's like so much it's very special um yeah and, and just seeing how each country kind of develops their own style is also very unique are you familiar with any like specific traditions that are involved? Like I'll give you a couple examples. Have you have you ever heard of like Takanaki? No. Okay, so this is a special fight special kind of fighting. It's actually just fist fights to be honest, but it's a tradition around fighting that takes place on Christmas in, I believe, Peru. I touched a bit upon this on our on the last episode with Matan. But um every Christmas there's people that, you know, the, the children fight the children, the women fight the women, and the men fight the men. If you have an issue with someone, on Christmas Day, you beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, instead of, when you have beef, instead of, you know, taking someone to court, taking whatever it might be, you just, you just fight them, and that's how they resolve issues. And then after that, they drink, they dance, and yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see how fighting brings people together.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never heard of that. I definitely think, like, there's a specific context in which that would work, just because, like, there it's, like, part of the tradition. Like, I guess, like, they know the norms about it. Whereas if, like, you just tried that here, it would probably end in various arrests and and that type of stuff. Like, I don't, I, I think it, like, for sure it's culturally dependent. But, I mean, just going back to what you were saying, like, yeah, like, like uh, i mean maybe this will take us on a different tangent but more just like i think fighting or being able to defend yourself like at least in some of these cultures a lot of its males and like having the ability to to protect your family and protect the people you care about it's like like if they if if our whole society and like knows how to handle themselves in a physical situation then like it's kind of like we're ensuring that we can continue to reproduce in some way. Like, if you go back to, like, ancient man type of time, like, I think it's important in that sense. Like, otherwise, if you don't know how to fight, your tribe can just get taken over and conquered by another tribe that knows how to fight better, and then you become extinct. So it's, like, kind of, like, I don't know, parts of me is... thinks about it on that front. Like, I'm not saying street fighting is the same thing, just more, like, culturally. Like, why do we learn how to fight? Yeah, it's entertainment, but I think there's some part of it is, like... like um, inherent in our need to survive like why we are able to survive is i mean obviously weapons plays a factor in that too and war and all that stuff but i think like i mean general fighting hand-to-hand fighting fighting with weapons it's like it's necessary for our survival and like i mean that's kind of why i'm not the only reason why but like i'm attracted to fighting obviously from an entertainment standpoint and i like watching it but i also think that like push comes to shove if i'm ever in a physical altercation in in some point in my life and like i have a family and kids like i need to be able to defend them yeah if i don't know how any skills in fighting how can i expect to achieve that like then i'm like to me that's like an inherent gaping hole in your ability to like live like if you people think they know how to fight but if you're in a physical situation and you haven't been like you're kind of screwed yeah so like kind of that aspect is why i'm Attracted to it to one of the many reasons if I know I just brought up a a bunch of different things, but
0: So you're saying that fighting is is essential for survival. Yeah, or at least it once was right
1: exactly maybe now not so much right because like there's you know laws against like things we live in a somewhat uh, Safe society like where we don't have to worry about that on a daily basis, but like back in the day like your day-to-day life was much more in jeopardy than it is today
0: yeah it's, it's kind of funny because back then you had to you know people were let's say same story as now it's like people trying to take over other other lands other territories back then it was like you had to fight for yourself now we have armies doing it for us you know right. so there is still fighting in this world right. but it's just not us doing it we have you know separate departments doing that for us right. doing the fighting for us
1: which is good and it's healthy because it like we don't need to everyone life isn't at risk but a, a kind of part of it to me is like because of that i mean unless you put in martial arts or you you learn out which many people most people don't do like you're living in this kind of uh, fantasy world but to some extent like confrontations still happen like physical confrontations maybe less like in our society we live in canada it's pretty safe here but in other places it's much more dangerous like you you need to have some skills in that regard like i said like like many i don't know people my friends my family members have no idea how to handle themselves in a situation and and most likely in their life they never have to but to me it's like in the one percent chance that it occurs like and you don't know you you really you're screwed like like i said you can die Mm -hmm. your loved ones can die it's like to me like just to go around your day-to-day life with that thing like oh there's laws against this like you know like i'll just sue them like the person that's coming to hurt you and kill you doesn't give a shit about laws obviously so like they're not concerned with like oh you can't do this to me it's like it's too late they're already punching you hitting you kicking you it's like and you're just like what's going to protect you in that specific moment you know like to me it's like that's why I train martial arts for that eventuality. And even if I never have to use those skills, then so be it. That's great. But like, I'd rather not be in a, in a situation where I do, and I don't know what I'm doing.
0: I think every single person must know how to defend themselves. Yeah. Like it's a must because let's say you have family in South Africa, right? Or yeah, you some, did at some point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's say, you know, you're in South Africa, you're in Brazil. You, you might get into some sort of confrontation. Let's say it's nighttime, whatever. They see a, someone who's clearly a tourist, maybe they wanna mess with you, maybe they wanna grab your wallet or something. Are you really gonna take out your phone, call the police and, and wait a few minutes till they arrive? Right. Or are you gonna be prepared and be ready to defend yourself? Right. Um, also let's clarify, the best what's the best way to defend yourself? It's probably not to just to avoid the confrontation but that's the thing. altogether, yeah, right? That, exactly. I just want people to understand For that. Sure. It's not it's not like Okay, just strike first and then
1: No, violence is like like I always say, like I was having this conversation with my friends on the trip. Like, oh we're gonna get into like fight with these guys that were like trash talking the Canadians. I'm like Mm. street fighting is the stupidest thing you could do because you really have no control over the situation and you don't know if people have weapons, you don't know what they're capable of. But like you always wanna de escalate the situation. And I know it's hard sometimes, you're like your ego gets involved, you get heated, you get emotional, you don't want someone to just like insult your manhood quote unquote in front of your friends and like you just like you're not going to take that but like ultimately like you don't want to waste your energy and god forbid your life on some random stranger so like any type of situation if someone asks for your wallet just give it to them like all those things are replaceable like all those things are are things that are it's not worth fighting risking your life for because like you said if someone asked me for my wallet i'll just give it to them and like replace my credit cards another day right. but i'm talking about situations where like this person isn't just concerned with your material possessions for whatever reason like they're crazy and they want to c- kill you like people exist like that in this on this earth even though we choose to not think about it but there are crazy people that like your wallet isn't enough like or they take mm-hmm. your wallet they they know that they'll that you see them you could recognize them like like i'm saying in a situation where violence is unavoidable and like your life is at risk you you should know something you should be able to to where to, de-escalating is not working you know like this person is like already in your face like what are you going to do you know like you need to know something but 100% talking yourself out of the situation is the number one way to get out of it mm-hmm. or like running away you don't have to fight someone if you can outrun them you just run away right but like you know if they have a gun and they're you don't know if they're going to use it or not then like you kind of you're in a position where, at some point, you might need to to try to to get yourself out of that situation, whatever whatever way that is possible. Absolutely. And I'm not an expert by any means. Like, let me. I also should start by saying, like, kind of, maybe introduce myself on that extent. Like, I studied kinesiology, so like physical study of the human body mu- movement and that sort of thing when I was in undergrad, and then I did sports psychology after, and like I've obviously. Trained in some martial arts, I did boxing for many years, kickboxing. I haven't competed, but I've like trained in in the aspects. I've sparred here and there, and like I I do jujitsu now, so like I do have some background in that. By no means, like I said, I'm not an expert, but I'd say I know more than the average person when it comes to that stuff, and I'm still learning. But ultimately, like it's a passion of mine, and just like self defense, all that stuff comes together as like an area that I areas that I I. I like to learn about and like like you said like I, st- I I read about history of boxing and I'm just like a fan of that on that extent so like that's like what I do in my when I'm not working.
0: I like that. And I I like this episode in general because it's not one of those episodes where um I'm going to be doing a lot of the talking. It's going to like I'm going to be learning a lot from this episode because it's not my my forte or whatever. So I'm I'm going to be enjoying this a lot. And I think we're we were kind of getting a little bit into street fighting, but yeah. I think we'll get a bit more into it later on. I yeah. I just want to uh to talk about one of the hottest topics now in boxing is um you know, these YouTubers. Um I want to hear if you have good opinions about it, if you have some bad opinions about it, and um what it means for the future maybe of of the sport. And um yeah, I just would like to hear what you think about it. For sure.
1: I mean, I think there's a wide range of whatever you want to call them influencers that are starting to like take part in these exhibition fights. And like and the biggest most popular ones are the Paul brothers and I mean Jake Paul and Logan Paul and they're like fighting ex uh, UFC fighters now, some NBA player they fought, like there's a whole range of people that are competing, but the only thing I could say about them I mean, they are taking it seriously and they are learning from the right people, from what I see. I'm not saying that their trainers are like former world champions by any means, but like I think that they're at least trying their best to like respect the sport and then the sense of like training the way you're supposed to. Like I've seen some of the, I don't know, it was like YouTube versus TikTok or some shit that I saw the other day, and i was like it's embarrassing that they can be allowed to compete like with the little little skill they have. Like to be get to get a professional boxing license is different because you need to go through certain uh, like you get judged, you get evaluated. But like these because it's exhibition, I think the criteria for being able to do it is less, which I don't agree with because you can still get knocked out in an exhibition fight, and people can die. So mm-hmm. like there should be a, a, a higher bar for them to be able to compete. But again, I'm kind of grouping them into one category i think whether it's good or bad for the sport i don't really think it's going to have a a difference in the grand scheme of it like boxing is going to exist no matter what like there are periods where it was way more popular than it is now like in the 80s even in the 30s like times where it was like on par with baseball and football or as the biggest sports in 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 north america it's never going to get i don't think it'll ever get to that point again but i don't think that like this pocket of it's just like a phase I think like it'll boxing will like it might not it might attract some new fans but I don't think those fans are going to necessarily follow the the actual big names in the sport like Canelo Alvarez, Terence Crawford, all the big names like they're probably just going to tune in when it's like personalities that they recognize from YouTube. And if that's all they think about professional boxing is like, it's kind of disappointing because they would see a lot more skill if they were to pay attention to the actual top fighters in the world in any discipline. So it's like some in some ways I think it, it puts a bad name if you're just gonna watch that in a vacuum and not like see the grand scheme of the of MMA of boxing as a whole and how it's evolved. Like I would hope that people paid attention to it and be like, oh boxing's pretty cool. Maybe I'll start watching the sport. Like those people I would like I would like new fans that would be great i just don't know if that's the reality and even if that wasn't the case like even if they they like like i said I, I think it's a temporary short-term thing but again the like the pauls are getting paid an insane amount of money and like he fought mayweather and like even if it was an exhibition like he didn't do terrible i thought he was gonna get like absolutely destroyed and didn't so for him it's like i mean like he didn't take a beating he made a crazy amount of money now he has a huge name he can ask he can try to fight anyone and he's gonna have a huge following there's gonna be pay-per-views he's gonna make money so I, I don't see it as like a, a problem from his perspective like why would I would I, I'd have no issue with him trying to do it like if someone offered me like 10 million dollars and like the odds of me getting like seriously hurt I mean they still exist but like maybe less so like I don't see why he wouldn't take these fight I don't know which one I get confused but one of them's fighting Tyron Woodley soon in August who's a former UFC champion And, like, he may do decently, but either way, he's going to end up, uh, like, he's making a crazy amount of money. Like, that's what it's about. So, I kind of, I don't hate on that. I don't hate on people's success in that regard. At the beginning, I was just turned off because, like, I got the impression that, like, people were thinking, like, oh, you don't need to train in boxing. You could just, like, train for a few months and then, like, you're a professional fighter. And it's, like, an insult to people that have actually dedicated their lives to the sport and, like, go through all these trials and tribulations just to be, like, a main event fighter or even, like, a co-main event fighter. Like, we don't even know all these, like, random cities that have fights in these, like, obscure venues of guys fighting, like, for $100 just to put food on their table. And, like, there's so many levels to get to what you see on pay-per-view on TV. Like, those people toiling in the shadows, quote-unquote. Like, I feel like those people who actually maybe respect the sport more in that sense like they deserve the attention but again we live in a a day and age where it's like social media is all what it's about who's talking about you and so like kind of have to accept the reality of the landscape to some extent whether i agree or disagree with it like that's what it is like if you have a million followers because you make random ass videos on youtube and like all of a sudden people care about you then like they care about you like I don't think like, you're going to use your platform for what you're going to use it for. But if you have an audience, then I kind of, I understand to some extent.
0: I think a lot of people want to see those rags to riches stories. And maybe they, they find this um, uninspiring, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like this is a somewhat of a, a mockery to the sport? Or you don't really feel that way? Because I mean, like you were saying before, how these people... Other boxers do dedicate their life to this, and, and these people are just, like, you know, they're getting fit for a year or two months. Uh, not two months. Like, two years, few months, whatever. And, yeah. you know.
1: I wouldn't really say it's a... I mean, maybe to a, a certain aspect it's a mockery to the sport because, like, like yeah, like, people start training in boxing when they're, like, seven years old and spend, like, 10, 15 years before, like, everyone's ever even heard of them. Like... I mean, the great ones obviously can build a, a following before then, but I just feel like it's like, yeah, like you train for a year, you get a platform for whatever reason, because like you have like a big following and then like they throw you on the TV and like you look like crap. Cause like a lot of them who's training them. It's just like for Instagram likes. So you should have these videos of them hit, holding, hitting pads and it looks terrible. And it's like, how is this gonna be on tv and like and then again like people watch then like oh this is what real boxing is it's like no it's not it's not what real boxing is it's real boxing because like and that's all you're seeing but like i mean watch any great fighter from like like youtube joe lewis or sugar Ray robinson and you'll be like these are absolute professionals and like they fought like every two weeks and they were like had like two three hundred fights and they like they're just like, their skills are Im- Im- impeccable. Like, you watch them, you're like, this is the sweet science at its best. But, like, these people on YouTube and TikTok that, like, think they know what they're doing, they they don't. And, like, that's why, to a certain extent, I was like, please, I want some... Like, when Nate Robinson got brutally knocked out, I wasn't happy. But I was like, this is what happens when you don't train. And, like, you think you know what you're doing. Like, I mean, I'm, are we, why are we surprised? Like, stupid that it even was allowed to happen. Like he's lucky he just got knocked out, to be honest. Like, it's just, it's, like, it's absurd to me that you can just, like, you think you could just waltz in and, and, like, okay, I play a bit of ping pong. Am I just gonna go train tennis for a year and be like, I'd like to challenge Rafael Nadal. Like, I'll get my ass fucking handed to me in five seconds. Like, in what sick world do you think, like, fighting is any different than that? Like, it's like, you professional, I don't know, you play house league soccer and, like, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go train in Barcelona for a year and then expect to, like, be compete with the like elite professionals, like that would never happen. Like, so why is this? Because we think fighting is like more common because people like s- are in street fights, so they think like that's what it is. It's not, it's like there's a science behind it, and that's like another thing. Like people think fighting is like like uh, just moving your arms and like hitting someone. It's like there's so much more to it you know, on like a technical level. Like the average person can't throw do a round of shadow boxing without getting. Like, exhausted. Like, there's so much to it, you know? That's what I, like... I just want people to understand that. And, like, see that for what it is. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and you know what's terrible? Who's that guy? What was his name? Ben Askren? Yeah, Askren. Askren, yeah. That guy, like... I I see what you mean. Because this does give a really bad portrayal towards the sport. Um, Like, I don't think it portrays the sport well. Because now a lot of people... On the positive, I want to start by saying on the positive side, people might be turned on to boxing for the first time because of these events, and might go deeper into the sport and learn more about it and become big fans. But for maybe an average person, they might, you know, they might think of the sport as just these silly, S- you Sanchos. know, uh, celebrities or whatever knocking out each other, yeah. or that Ben Askren guy, totally out of shape, totally unprepared. It was. You know, it was a joke of a fight.
1: But let me tell you, Ben Askren is actually like
0: a legitimate. He is a real. Like, yeah, he, he is a real deal. He's but.
1: never. He never physically looks. Even when he was like fighting regularly in MMA, because he was an, a former one champion. He fought in Bellator, a former NCAA Division One champion from what I in wrestling. He just has like a dad bod, and he doesn't. He's never gonna look like shredded. That's just how he is, and like I think that like part of what people underestimate him because like they think like this guy is gonna do nothing but wrestling and grappling is his is his thing like he can he's like one of the top wrestlers i guess in the modern and like in the past i don't know 10 years on a collegiate uh, level i think he was an olymp maybe an olympic alternate i don't know if he competed in the olympics but yeah like he's not a, his striking was never his strong point as an mma fighter he just he, he used it to get in the clinch take people down and then wrestle them and, and he was very successful at that so like the fact that Paul knocked out a guy who is not known for boxing ability, like it looks bad, I guess on MMA or, or, or the organizations he competed for as opposed to like boxing. But it's just like, he picked and he picked a guy that was coming off the couch that was never really a proficient boxer anyways. So like, and he was like 15 years younger, way more athletic. Like the result didn't surprise me, but it's just like, don't start thinking that Ben Askren is like by any means like a top boxer. Like, again, if, if, like, if the Floyd fight was, like, a, a a real fight, not just an exhibition, and, like, they had, like, and Floyd took it seriously, even if he was outweighed by 40 pounds, he would have still got the guy out of there. I just don't think he, he had any desire to, like, prove a point that night for whatever reason. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole other, whole other conversation.
0: Yeah, so I guess kind of to maybe build on that a little bit, do you like when other kind of fighters uh, box or do you think people should stay in their lane it's
1: like I don't know Clarissa Shields like a two-time Olympic gold medalist multiple division world champion just made her move into MMA and she had a bit of a tough time in her first fight even though she ended up winning in the end I I think it's different like I mean boxers have to learn so much more transitioning to mma because they don't have any wrestling background no jiu-jitsu background elbows kicks knees they're not accustomed to any of that so i think that transition is much harder which says a lot about Clarissa shields that she was able to win her first fight but i just think they're they're separate entities and like mma fighters thinking that they'll be able to go box i think is also a bit delusional like like against people that have just trained with their hands their whole lives they have a specific skill set i think yeah like I prefer guys to stay in their own lane, so to speak, like, I think, like, if you spent 15 years training MMA and and now you want to become pro boxer, like, the odds of success are are, are less, just because, like, you, you don't have enough time to make up for all the years you spent, like, there's still a lot of differences between the two, your stance is different, where you, head movement's different, like, you can't, like, wrestle when you're in trouble, there's a lot of different things, like, I think that, like, for the most part, you should just pick one and and and, and go fully into it. I think there was something else I want. Th- I know we talked a bit about what was that? I'm trying to think now. Um, something like oh yeah, best martial art for a street fight. That to me was like, because I I'd, I I'd, uh, thought about it a bit and and that's why I started training jujitsu. Like I think jujitsu is the most versatile martial art if it's taught properly like the my uh jim agatsu and my coach sean mosen like he he emphasizes the self-defense aspect of jiu-jitsu because there's many times where like you you i guess like it could be learned it could be used as a in in terms of competition like jiu-jitsu competitions but that's not like always um simulating like a real street fight scenario like, a lot of things you would do maybe in a jiu-jitsu competition that you shouldn't do in real life. Like, you're not just going to... You see people, like, in jiu-jitsu, for those that don't know, it's, like, it's kind of grappling. It's, like, wrestling, but there's submission. So, chokes, arm joint locks, things that... And, like, the goal is, obviously, to get your opponent to submit. And if they don't submit, then they usually, like, they can go unconscious, obviously, just for a few seconds, or, like, their limbs can get broken. But, um, again, it's, like, things that, like you would do like you're just gonna your goal is never to be on your back in any sort of situation and like a lot of times you'll see jiu-jitsu people like choosing to go to their back but in a street fight someone could step on your head someone if they have a friend they could smash a bottle on you like you don't want to do play around there like so my coach my gym is always like he teaches things like that should work in competition but that should also work in a street fight situation and i think that the important thing is where you where you're learning jujitsu and what their philosophy is. Like you, you should always keep in mind if this were a a self-defense scenario, is this technique effective? If it is great, if not, then I don't necessarily see the value in it. So it's like, again, it comes down to like any martial art, who your coach is, uh, what their training methods are. Like, that's important. You can't like, uh, I think that can't be overlooked is like, who's the person in charge and, and, and what are they trying to teach their students? Like, Um, I feel confident that, like, I'm learning things that are actually applicable. I mean, um, like, the thing about the reason why jiu-jitsu is effective in a street fight is because, I mean, you have to, in jiu-jitsu, you you still learn how to fight standing up. But the goal is to, like, decrease the distance between you and the person so that, like, their punches aren't effective. Like, you see people get knocked out or or head kicked in a street fight, and, like, it's dangerous. So you don't want to play around in the distance where... You can punch me and I can punch you because then the, our, our chances of, of hitting and getting hit are kind of on similar. So y- you want to take your opponent's advantage away completely. So that's why the goal is to to decrease the distance, get a hold of the person, take them down, and then keep them down so that, like, you're, like, I'm not worried about getting knocked out really f- if I'm on top of someone, whereas if, like... You're we're in s- control of the situation. Yeah, like, if it was this distance, people can't see, but, like... I'm within like an arm's length of Yair. Like I can punch him from this distance and he could still get hit and he mm-hmm. doesn't, the goal is to not get hit at all. So if Yair sticks to my chest, I can like make these little arm punches, but that's not going to hurt him. So the goal is to like get, close the distance safely so you don't get hit. And then once you, in the clinch, the clinch is like basically chest to chest with someone, then the goal is to take them down. And once you take them down, doesn't matter how big, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but like. The average person that doesn't know jiu jitsu, they might be big and strong. If you know what you're doing on the ground, you can control them and, and and render their attacks way less effective than if you were standing at a distance where you can both punch each other. So, like, it's not to say having strength and size doesn't influence jiu jitsu, because if someone's like really good at jiu jitsu and they're 6'5, 200 pounds versus someone that's like 5'1, 150, 150 pounds and they're similar skill levels, this bigger, stronger person still has an advantage. It's not to say. Like, it doesn't matter, but I'm just saying, like, in a streets fight scenario, the safest place to be is on top of them, controlling them, and, like, like keeping them there, essentially. Obviously, if, like, there's legal ra- ramifications, like, I don't want to say, sit say like, you should hit them and... Depends what the scenario is like, and like my coach says, like, there's no one size fits all approach. There's like, it depends what the situation is, but that's why I'm learning Jiu-Jitsu. So you can subdue someone without having to hit them. Cause like, if you start hitting people and you can knock them out, you know, they can, people can die, it's possible. So you want to like control them with the least amount of, of pain. And like, you can like, if like, if you choke someone unconscious and then like, let go, they're not going to usually suffer long-term. Mm. So it's like if you have to subdue them that way, at least you don't have to like punch them 10 times to knock them out. So I think it's like part of jutsu is like, it's a safer way to control situation. Whereas like if you're relying on strikes, it can get a bit more damaging to the person. And then there's all sorts of obviously health consequences for that.
0: And could you explain uh subdue, what that word is?
1: Like subdue is like, I mean, I don't have. Is that
0: kind of like, uh, quote-unquote like ending the fight because yeah, you know like, once you have the person down great you have the person down but how do you end that fight well you like want to end it right you it, don't want to well just it depends what ending on, it is like
1: top. if you're obviously if, if it's like you calling the police and then waiting for someone to get there then mm-hmm. like as long as you're on top and they're like not damaging you like eventually they'll usually get tired and then like stop but obviously you have to be able to control them which is a whole skill set in itself it's not easy to control someone on the mm-hmm. ground especially if they're big so it's more like if they're like relentless and you're worried that they're going to get out, you may need to choke them unconscious and like stop them in that way. Cause like even if you break someone's arm, they can still keep fighting. So I think like the goal, like if, if you can't control them reasonably and they're still like, you're worried about, I haven't been in this situation, but I'm just imagining if that was the case, like I would have to like render them not able to do anything. And like, again, like uh, choking them is a more safe way if you're not just going to hold the choke for, like then it could get like you obviously you co- you're you closing oxygen to the brain that could damage someone too but more just like temporarily if I have to like make them ineffective at hurting me then that's what I'm going to do.
0: And when you speak about um jujitsu or when people in general talk about it are they mostly talking about the Brazilian kind?
1: Yeah I mean that's what mainly. I mainly that's what I th- that's the that's most what I re- refer to and that's what I, like there's Japanese jujitsu but I, I again I'm not uh completely knowledgeable expert on the history of it but like um a judo from what i remember like a judo master from japan came over to brazil to teach that i don't know if it was judo i think judo to like a brazilian family and then one of the basically elio gracie was the smallest and weakest of the brothers and he had to adapt these techniques whether it was judo, jiu-jitsu, to make it effective for a smaller person that's frail and weak. And that's where Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu came in as like designed to be martial art, to help people that are, are maybe not as physically imposing and they could still um, be effective in a self-defense situation.
0: I see. And another thing I, I want to ask you, and that I think a lot of people deserve to, to hear and to learn about, is what can an everyday person, me, you... Whoever else learn from boxers and fighters because I believe there's many life lessons that we could pick up from these fighters. It's so much more than just uh, what you see on TV or in the fight itself. There's so much that goes behind it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because like uh, I know we talked about this also before. Like people think it's a savage sport and it's brutal, which I don't disagree with. I think it is pretty brutal compared to other sports. But I think what people can learn is like. Because a lot of these, uh, even if you were to watch these mini documentaries prior to fights that are big, they have like these training camp, like show you what they go through day to day and how much is involved in terms of discipline. Like a lot of fighters work multiple jobs, they don't do this full time, and they have to find a way to train two, three times a day amongst the regular nine to five. So that means getting up early, doing these long runs after a long day of work, often physical labor that's already ta- taxing enough on the body, then going to the gym for two, three hours. It's like the average person can learn that how much discipline is involved in being a professional fighter, just like any other professional athlete. But it's like if you can see what other people are capable of, that could be motivating to the average person how to, to plan their day, to be more disciplined with themselves in terms of their routine. I mean, just getting in your physical exercise, like whether it's an hour a day, would be... A lot for most people and they couldn't do what fighters do five six hours of training plus a job it doesn't have to be that but as long as like you can being physically active is super important for so many things like if you can see what fighters are capable of maybe you can take a bit of that into your own life being like i can get up a bit earlier and go for my run i can uh walk at lunchtime. i can go to the gym after even though i'm tired like it's just little things like that i think like you'll see like how much is involved and how how much effort fighters put into learning their craft and, and and staying in shape all year round I think the average person could really like take something from that like from a motivational standpoint and 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 from like a discipline standpoint like the fact is like society kind of is lazy right now and like if you can like look up to a fighter that's like you just see getting after it every day watching their Instagram videos like maybe that's the motivational push that you need to to be more active and to to see that you, you don't have to be a professional athlete to be disciplined and, and 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 care about your your yourself and your body and things like that. So I think the discipline is is one of the biggest things people can take. And also just like, um, yeah, like making sacrifices. Like everyone has goals and everyone has things that they want to achieve. Fighters want to become world champions. Average person might not become want to become a world champion, but they want to achieve professional goals. They want to achieve personal goals. They want to get a promotion. They want to. Um, I don't know, there's so many things they want to be good at their hobby. Like, to do those things, To s- any goals that you set, you have to have a plan how to achieve them. You have to be willing to to sacrifice time and doing, spend doing other things to achieve those goals. So I think, like, uh, just setting goals and working towards them is another thing that, that people can learn from fighters. Like, just getting after what you want in life and, and chasing it and, like, not letting excuses stand in your way. Because I think, like, that's one thing that, like, fighters... It's not about excuses, like, no one cares what the reason for not getting up is. It's like, you get up and you do what you have to do if you want to get to where you want to get. So I think that, like, a lot of people can, can take something from that for sure.
0: Yeah, like, you could you could take a look at that discipline, um, whatever it is, and, and apply it to your own life. And I have another question for you is, who are some fighters or people in general that you look, look up to the most and... Why?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this, like, I look up to, I mean, I guess in the past, I really, like, respect underdogs in whatever sport they're there in. I mean, I love athletes in general, but just, like, people and fighters that have had to grow up in a tough situation, overcome adversity, like, uh, and, like, deal with shitty situations and make something good from them and not let it get in their way. Like, I'm not someone that, like, grew up in a tough place by no means i had a middle class upbringing but like
0: you know financial or not we all have our struggles you know yes maybe you didn't struggle financially but everyone has those kind of challenges uh so yeah i should never minimize your own struggles because of that
1: no that's that's a good point and i just think that like yeah like people that i like up to are are people that have gone through tribulations and 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 like still like achieve things like Manny Pacquiao was a fighter that really, he's one of the first boxers that I really like became a big fan of. Cause that's around when, when he was at like in 2009, when he was at his like rise th- through like to become the star that he is. Like that's when I became a fan. So he was just like the, the person that I was attracted to. And he, he grew up in extreme poverty in the Philippines and like, you know, like, um, I don't know, selling newspapers or, or like whatever, uh, shining shoes. Uh, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure, but like just to, go from there to where he became is incredible like i i I loved him as a fighter because he was aggressive and offensive and he was exciting but also just because like his backstory like like he's like who knows if he will be maybe the president of the country someday like to go from like talk about rags to riches like there's not a better example of that than him and even guys in mma like dominic cruz who's had to deal with like i don't know how many surgeries he's had like mcl acl tears like three or four of them and like he's had like three years out of out of the octagon and would still come back fight the top competition and win or compete with those guys like to me he's an incredible story and like just like injuries 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 but not letting those setbacks like stop him and like just to hear the way he speaks he's very introspective and and i and i like that like yeah so there are many fighters i look up to like tommy hearns alexis arguello um also because of like my build, I'm like a, i am like I was like very, I'm not like lanky, but like, I mean, I have more muscle now than I used to. But when I was like younger, like my lankiness kind of like people would make fun of me in that way. And I kind of like resented it to some extent. But then I, I found these like boxers that were like some of the hardest punchers were like had the same like long arms. So I started to like think of it as a good thing like not that i've ever had to knock anyone out but like it's kind of like yeah like you can talk shit about it but like tommy hearns if you look him up on youtube he was just an absolute monster and he he like he was like a tall frail kind of looking guy so i mean those that's i look up to those fighters for what they did in the ring but again it's also about like what they their person personas outside of the ring guys that are humble and not like the most braggadocious don't get me wrong uh I like Conor McGregor and sometimes like his antics used to be funny, now it's tired and I kinda of sick of it and I think he's just an obnoxious person. But like I like the entertainment aspect of fighters and like the trash talking, the shit talking. That's what separates it often from other sports where they're so politically correct. Like it's nice to like hear fighters speak their mind. But again I, I still feel like I, I veer more towards like the respect of martial arts george st pierre was like the number one person for that like just honor respecting your opponent respecting the sport it may not be as exciting to hear those guys speak at a press conference but like doesn't change the fact of how they can be like that and then be super aggressive in their sport like alexis arguello from nicaragua was like a one of the most devastating punchers and he was like a the most respectful guy in and out of the ring still exciting to watch but like it didn't take away from who he was as a person and like how he treated people and i think like we need more of that in society today anyways of people treating each other well and showing respect but still being able to go out there compete uh, their hardest and like and like you don't need to have bad blood with your opponent like you're just trying to see who's the best at what they do so i think like there's something to be said for that like like again i think you know to each their own but uh, i like guys that are like i like You know, if, like, I had kids, I would want them to look up to people that are, like, fighters that are respectful and that, like, are, treat, like, show sportsmanship. And, like, you want the future of martial arts to be about that, I think. Uh, Of course, there's something to be said for the entertainment and selling tickets, and I don't completely disagree with that. But, like, I think it's kind of like being yourself, and hopefully it, it can set a good example for people that are watching, kids especially. Like, you want them to emulate the respect if they see people that are just like acting a fool and they start acting that way it's like you don't want your kid to be like that so i mean yeah that's uh it's a little long answer but there's like you know that's how i see it
0: yeah like you were saying about uh manny pacquiao i think we both like the guys that um maybe all the odds were stacked against them and then regardless of that they they pulled through and and they they kind of proved to everyone that there's nothing you can't do No matter where you're at in life, uh, you can achieve whatever you put your mind to. And especially like you were saying before, like through discipline, through all that. And um, so just to, I don't know if you already kind of discussed this, but I just want to know out of all the martial arts out there, what is your favorite?
1: Well, that's the thing, like my favorite to watch Again, is probably like I like the striking aspects, like boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai. I just find it more exciting. But like, in terms of like what to to, to learn is would be jujitsu. But I don't necessarily watch jujitsu. Like, I I appreciate when I'm watching an MMA fight when it goes to the ground when the wrestling's involved, when jujitsu's involved. Like I appreciate, but I still like my what what drawn me drew me to to martial arts as a whole. was like boxing, so punching, kicking, the striking aspects. I like watching that. But again. I'm not opposed to watching like a grappling match like it intrigues me to some to, to as well like people like when it goes to the ground they're like boo and the fans are like just stupid and that they just boo because they don't know what's happening and they don't understand like once you get an appreciation for the for the wrestling and the grappling there's like it, it's 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 impressive to watch in its own right like Khabib Nurmagomedov an absolute mauler, like, when you watch his fights and just how dominant he is and how he's able to just implement his game plan. You know it's coming. He might not be the best striker in the world, but it doesn't matter. He closes the distance, he takes you down, and then he's once he's on top of you, it's really you have no prayer in hell in getting him off. And, like, guys like, you know, just, like, elite wrestlers that are able to just get on top and ground and pound. And, like, I mean, Islam Makachev, who is Khabib's teammate, just fought last night, and he has the same style as Khabib, and just, like, just just mauls people like i watch that and i'm just so impressed like you can't not be just because like like it might not be as aesthetically exciting but it's it's arguably even harder to do like anyone can maybe land a knockout punch but just to be able to systematically like break someone down from a physical standpoint and like be on top of them because like i can punch you and knock you out and not necessarily dominate you physically because it's like i'm not on top of you but like once like guys like khabib and just these like wrestlers and just get on top of you and just maul you it's just like it's the worst place you'd want to be in in real life and like i have total respect for their their style as well so i just because i like striking doesn't mean i don't have an appreciation for for the high level grappling and, and what those guys are capable of doing and even like the elite G- bjj world champions like that just like are dominant like i mean guys like uh, gordon ryan and and uh Dana her death squad as they call them in New York like these guys are just consistently winning and beating the best people like you have to respect that regardless of what discipline it is like if you're able to just beat everyone that you go up against like that says something about your style right
0: absolutely and you're very into uh, technique and things like that but but clearly it's so much deeper than that from what I see Um, you also studied, as you previously mentioned, sports psychology. So I could confidently say you're the only person I know that has studied the subject. Um, what has drawn you to study that? I
1: mean, like I, like I said, I was doing my undergrad in kinesiology and we had to take a, a course in sports psychology. And that was the first time that I was like, studying something that I didn't feel like I had to study I was doing it because I really genuinely liked it I liked reading about it on the side I read books about it even outside of class like and like I'd go to class like interesting interested to learn and actually be there so once I had that experience I was like okay I might as well study something that gets me going and I'm interested so I I did two master's degrees actually in sports psychology one in uh, in th- like theory I did a thesis and the other was in applied so I, I just like learning it and I don't uh, my, my job now isn't entirely related to that, but I, I did work as a consultant and like helping athletes individually and in teams for a number of years. So that's just kind of like,
0: do you want to plug your website? Uh,
1: well, it's uh, it's now under construction, but, uh, <laughs> um, no, like I always appreciate athletes. And I also was interested, like, why do some athletes make it to the top and others don't physically, they might all be this similar. They're all like, at the top 5% and they're all fit they're all like so why are some able to like get to the mountaintop and like win that gold medal or become a world champion when others aren't and it's like those ability to, to often it's the mental factors that play into it so I was always intrigued by that and like even to this day like why are some people able to perform a lot of it has to do with their mentality and how they uh, respond to setbacks how they deal with adversity and like all that stuff Just even outside of sports is super important like you go through tough times in life that are totally non to do with athletics like loss and trauma and um, You know you make mistakes like how do you Not let that affect you a lot of it has to do with how you view the situation your mentality so that stuff has always been important to me and I try things I tried to implement in my own life and and like, so yeah, it's like, it's, it's sports psychology, but it's also like, you know, the psychology of performance, whatever that performance is, whether you're a musician, you're a surgeon, you're a lawyer, like being giving a big presentation, all all of these tools that athletes can use can apply to any profession or any performance type of situation as well. Like I've, hel- I've helped people prepare for med school interviews, for med school exams, like, like LSATs, just like those situations where you know you start to have nerves you start to have anxiety how do you cope with that how do you deal with that if you don't practice these skills you're not just gonna all of a sudden wake up and and be able to do it when it counts like it's about training your mind the same way as you would train your body so i think there's a lot of carryover to life in general but for sure i i I really i i mean i I love athletes and love sports so that's kind of why i took it but like i said it, it can apply to many different situations
0: yeah and um, something that David Goggins says that I love. Great, David Goggins. Is, yeah, he's actually someone I really look up to. He says that motivation is crap. You know, I, I, I see motivation as uh, a bit of an emotion, you know, comes and goes. Yeah. But you really need that drive. You need that mental strength. You need that's what's going to set you apart, I think. Yeah. From those people that are just motivated today and unmotivated tomorrow. Yeah.
1: Like Jocko Willink is another, like, navy seal type of guy that has a lot of big following and i like his stuff as well he's like it's discipline it's not motivation because like you might not be motivated but if you're disciplined you can still get after and do what you need to do i mean this like just in my own personal example during the pandemic like it was not easy to stay working out i used to go to the gym i was going to martial arts classes and i had a community and all that was gone like i had to find the motivation to, to work out in my own small apartment and like use the weights I had and, and be, get creative. And there were times where I just didn't feel like doing it. And like, and that some days I skipped workouts maybe, but like, if I look at myself now compared to the beginning, like overall I'd say I stayed on the path and like, I, I found ways to even do a 15 minute workout. And like, that's all I could have feel like doing that day. That's what I did. But like, it's about like the consistency. So even if like it's not ideal, but you still keep moving your body. Like now, I'm not in the peak shape, but I don't think I'm like so far off from what I was prior to the pandemic. And like I think that's a good thing. You know, I'm proud of that. A lot of people, unfortunately, like I mean, you have all sorts of responsibilities. If families, you have kids, I don't have that. So like being at home with them all day and having access, like, what are you eating? Are you eating healthy? Are you are you exercising? It was hard to for everyone. I'm not saying it was easy, but I'm just saying like. It's not about being hard or easy. Like you have to take after your, take care of yourself. So like, if you have to like, again like, find ways to be active. Go for walks, do push-ups for five minutes at a time. If that's all you can do that day, then that's great. Like just do something. And I feel like for me that was super important to just for my mental sanity and physical well-being. Just to like find ways to be active. So I mean that's it's discipline. It's like no one necessarily loves working out all the time most people don't like it but like you do it because you have to and obviously the goal is to find something that you like enough that you want to do it i like Jitsu, i like i want to get back into that but that to me is a workout and i don't feel like i'm working out if you hate running on the treadmill maybe running on the treadmill isn't the best thing for you maybe you find cycle go biking do a spin class swim but just try to find the thing that you can enjoy so that it's not a chore every time you have to do it
0: 100 percent. so just kind of going off topic but um, I want to talk, well, fighting is so international, right? And different countries, I guess, produce different kind of fighters. You know, Mexico is known for their own kind of boxers, and other countries have their own kind of fighting. But what countries do you find produces the best fighters, and what sets them apart from fighters from different countries?
1: I think fighting is such an international sport, or it's an international thing that... There isn't, like, one country that produces the best fighters, I think. Historically, like, if you look at, like, boxing, some countries have produced many world champions. Like, I mean, like you said, Mexico, Puerto Rico is a small island, and it's, like, produced so many world champions you would know, you visited. But, um, I mean, even the Eastern Bloc countries or like, you know, now, like, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, and, like, I, even, like, I guess, before the fall of the Soviet Union, like, you know, Soviet Union was producing top-level talent. So I think there's fighting everywhere. And uh, I mean, when it comes to MMA, MMA, as you know, people know, it's like kind of, I guess, quote-unquote, originated in Brazil. So there's a lot of amazing Brazilian fighters today and throughout the history as well. But like, I wouldn't say one country produces better fighters than the other. I think certain countries have just found, like, for whatever reason, maybe better athletes, better training, better um, sports, like kind of selection type of programs, they've found ways to to get the most out of their talent. But uh, that's why I like about fighting is like you can find a fighter from South Africa, you can find a fighter from um, uh, what's it called um, Ghana. Yeah, I mean Ghana's huge in boxing. There's Maybe some, Nigeria. Yeah, like I mean now African countries. They have Israel Adesanya in MMA is a champion, Kamara Usman's a champion, um, um, Francis Ngannou one of the most terrifying human beings on the planet is from Cameroon. So like, again, I think all continents have produced, if you look at it historically, whether it's MMA or boxing, Mm -hmm. amazing champions. And like, that's why I like about it. Like, like it's like a universal thing. Like you can find, like, I'm sure in any country I visit, if I want to go to a boxing or MMA gym, I can find one, which is pretty crazy. You know, like, I mean, yeah, soccer is a global sport. And so is like, I mean, uh, you like, I mean, baseball, they're not, they're just not as big. Like, you're not going to find, like, soccer as popular in, like, I don't know, Mississippi, as you will, and, like, uh, in Europe. But at the same time, like, I can go to, like, uh, both of those places and probably find a fighting gym of some kind. And, like, it might not be a, an amazing world champion producing gym, but that's what I like about it. It's, like, it's everywhere.
0: And was there a point in your life that you know something kind of switched in your head like that you became suddenly interested in boxing and martial arts was there a moment that you remember or or a period of your life
1: yeah so i was never into boxing or M- like i mean mma was like it only existed in the early 90s or started in the early 90s from from like a common standpoint but like i my grandfather used to watch boxing and i was never interested i remember like times i was like oh there was no interest but it was like, I remember it was the summer of grade 10, after grade 10, that like, I went on, I, I don't know why, I think I read a, I read a book review of this a biography of Evander Holyfield in the newspaper and I was like, oh, it sounds like an interesting story and I got the book. And that was like the really, like I read his book and I was like, that set the, lit the fire, so to speak. Like from then after that, I honestly just started reading, watching videos on YouTube, anything I could about boxing. And then I started getting to MMA. Like, it just was like one thing led to another. I just started, like, that's all I cared to to pay attention to in my spare time. I read books, articles, and, like, it's still like that to this day. Like, ask me about what's happening in the political situation in my own country, and I'm probably not going to give you a great answer or any answer at all. But, like, I know about fighting because that's just what I pay attention to. Like, I'm just, it's my, it's what I care about, what I like, what I like to study, what I like to learn about. So I'm, like, always, as you said, growing that encyclopedia.
0: So, what was it about Evander Holyfield? Like, what was it about his biography? Like, what tr- what was that... Tr- there must have been some sort of trigger. Yeah. Why his... Wh- why did that spark something within you? I,
1: I think it's part of, like, that underdog story. Like, he... He grew up, like, in Atlanta, I think, and, like, his single mom, and, like, he had, like, many siblings, and it was, like, obviously not an easy time, but he, he was able to... He, like, just used boxing as his way out and ended up becoming a multi time champion. He beat Mike Tyson. He like had some incredible fights with guy and he was undersized. Like he was a cruiserweight which is like two hundred pounds and that's where he was like started off his career. And he moved up to heavyweight and he was not a big heavyweight. He was like undersized. I mean he was always like in amazing shape, so that definitely helped, but like he competed against guys much bigger than him and was successful. So I think that and he was humble he was never a braggadocious type of person he always showed respect so i think it's like we talked about like those two elements like he was a great fighter but he also was a great person and like in in terms of like what i what i remember reading and like values and integrity and all that so like it was like the person to to, to get me started and like i said then that was just this tipping point like i started then it was many pacquiao's time so i started watching Watching his fights, I would download them the next day and watch them without any spoilers. This was like I was torrenting. There was like there was no Twitter, no Instagram to ruin it. But like I was, that's just like I I became a huge fan, and then I started reading the Ring magazine and all that stuff, and like just like one thing led to another, and I don't know. It's been already been like I guess more than ten years that like fighting is now like a pretty significant part of like my life to a certain extent.
0: That's amazing. And a lot of people fall in love with the sport through movies, actually, which I find interesting. Um, do you have any favorites, uh, maybe boxing or fighting movies, that maybe you could recommend to people who who might be interested in the sport, or just ones that you enjoy?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I wouldn't want recommend fighting boxing movies for like the actual real- realism of it, but like if you're like that's okay. Like I mean, watch. The Rocky movies are obviously the classics, like the fighting scenes are horrible, but th- it's just the storyline and the jokes and me and my sisters, I, if anyone ever says the word Adrian, we always go, Adrian. <laughs> we start yeah, like, like, I even like, I mean, Rocky four is a great one. Rocky three is also great. Um, um, I like the fighter about Mar- with Mark Wahlberg about Mickey Ward's life. And me and my sisters also make jokes about that too. But it's a great movie just because it's about a real fighter and Mark Wahlberg's great. But um, yeah, like uh, Never Back Down is a funny MMA movie, which is also good. Warrior is another good one. Again, those are all good movies that I'll I'll be able to rewatch like forever and I just enjoy watching them. But like I said, it's more just because like the stories are fun and and Cinderella Man's another one. That's about like um, uh, Jim Braddock. uh, during the time of the depression and that's actually good is with russell crowe plays him so like the acting is good but some of the other ones i mentioned it's not about the acting it's just because it's entertaining and it's like it's fun it's enjoyable to watch
0: and another thing is that you're a writer for i believe it's ring tv and the fight city right yeah um how did that how do you get those jobs how did you land that and maybe for other people that are really knowledgeable like you on, on this topic, how could they even land jobs at such such kind of blogs or companies or yeah. websites? So I don't, I've always like,
1: I don't know, I, I, um, I just decided to start writing about fighting just because I loved watching it and reading it and start start writing. So I had like a, a small blog that I started and then I found out about the fight city just randomly researching it and didn't even know that they were based in Montreal. The, the editors from here so then i reached out to them and they said sure like you want to write for us we don't pay so I, I still don't get paid to write for them and i've been writing them since 2016 so like f- five years now uh, um but i just reached out and i said hey like are you looking for new contributors he said yeah sure and um i met with him and then like shortly after i actually went to cover a fight for them in new york i went to see Terrence crawford fight hank lundy with a friend and then it happened to just write an article about it, and then that kind of kicked things off. Um, but yeah, I like I don't get paid for that, but I do it because he's like I like, enjoy writing, and he's a good editor. He gives me feedback, helps me improve on my craft, and get better at writing. So and then I I just like same thing with the Ring magazine. I reached out, sent an email. I didn't hear back, and like reached out uh, not too long after. I was like, you don't have anyone covering boxing. In Canada, because they have like this little section at the end of the magazine from different countries, like the UK, South Africa, Japan, contributors just talk about what's happening in those countries. And I said, There's no Canada, like, would you be interested in me contributing? He said, Yeah, sure. And so that was like in summer of 2019. But um, I've been writing for them like semi regularly, some for the website, some for the magazine itself. Uh, And then I also write for this website called the Queensberry Rules. So I've written a few articles about them, uh, more so related to history and like the older fighters, older fights. But they also, the editor there um, has been very helpful to me and gives me good feedback. And I like writing for people that are responsive and and are willing to like try to help me get better in addition to helping me produce content, like helping me produce content for them. But any recommendations I would give is just like, don't hesitate to reach out. I mean, boxing is a small community. You Make connections. You never know what type of opportunities people will throw your way, but you can't. It never hurts to ask. Sometimes you just need to be like, "Hey, I mean, I'd like to write for you." I've I've done that on Twitter, direct message to people, and whether it ends up working out or not, you only know if you ask. So I think like this applies to not just boxing writing, but any any writers out there. Like, just craft a respectful email do it say it in the right like in the right way use the right words just ask for an opportunity if you don't ask you don't get so sometimes you just need to put yourself out there and be willing to accept that they'll say no but that doesn't it's not a uh, indictment on the you as a person it's just maybe they don't have the budget maybe they don't have the opportunities but like again like i think it's very important to just you have to make your own opportunities like i had to reach out email people make connections but like that's the way to do it in a lot of situations because there's so easy to access people now with emails and stuff you, you just need to ask and be willing to accept whatever answer you get but like n- no opportunities are gonna come in your lap usually you have to put in the groundwork reach out to people start producing content before you have a platform necessarily because you can even like make a podcast make a YouTube channel start your own blog start your own website start producing content so that when someone is interested then you'd be like, oh, yeah, I have some work I can show you so that they can see you're actually, like, invested kind of thing.
0: And something, it's not the last question, but the last question regarding fighting and boxing is, what's the next fight that you're looking forward to seeing the most? And um, who are two fighters that, you know, they're not necessarily scheduled to fight each other, but that you would like to see, you know, get in the ring or fight each other?
1: Yeah, that's a great question.
0: Um, I'm
1: excited for Manny Pacquiao versus Errol Spence, because, like, as we talked about, Manny Pacquiao is one of my favorite fighters, and it's amazing, because he's, like, must be, I don't know how old he is, 42, 43, but he's now, he's, like, still active fighting guys that he's gonna be fighting Errol Spence, who's, like, 28, or around that age, in his prime, much younger than him, and, like, people are worried, like, is this Manny Pacquiao taking on, just too much... For him at this stage in his career, like, should he be taking an easier opponent? But, like, man, that's one thing about Manny is that he's never ducked anyone. He's always been willing to fight the best. And, like, that this is just another perfect example T- to be doing it at this stage when no one would fault him for f- taking on some soft opponents and just riding off into the sunset. Like, he's taking on the best Welter Raid in the world right now. And it should be great. Like, Ho- c- I don't think he'll get, like, dominated and hopefully it doesn't happen. But, like, you can't count him out even at this stage. Like, he beat Keith Thurman, who was another young top welterweight a few years ago. And, like, he's just remarkable. So hope, I'd like to see him do well. If he could win, it would be amazing. But even just if he can show that he can compete with it, with Spence would be something I'm hoping to see happen. And, like, hopefully he retires after. It just, like, puts a cap to an amazing career. And, I mean, the second question you asked, who do I want to see? Um, ideally, Errol Spence would fight Terrence Crawford, who are... These have been the top two welterweights weights in the world for the past four years or whatever. People have been clamoring them to fight, they all talk about the negotiations. I'll let my promoter get it. It's just all the bullshit that is typical of boxing. Like promoters are not agreeing. What terms are they gonna separate the the, the, the pot sixty forty? What's the split? It's just so much bullshit. People are tired of it and like honestly the fight if it never happens it'll be a complete travesty. Like these are guys that are in the same weight division that could have fought each other multiple times and now could have had a, an amazing rivalry and we haven't seen them get in the ring so that's just a frustrating thing about boxing like if you start to see this is not the first or last time it's going to happen politics get in the way often but ideally i'd like to see those guys fight another great fighter that i have to plug is naoya Inoue, who's just a hundred he's a bantamweight 118 pounder from japan as we were talking about fighting being such a global sport and he's just an absolute machine he like just he's a killer if you want to watch him on YouTube, please do so. He's just, he's a small little guy and he just, he's just so powerful of quick speed and he just devastates, like, body punching, like, sends people crumpling to the canvas with, with debilitating body shots and, like, it's just, he's just a guy that I love to watch in general.
0: Could you say his name a bit more slowly?
1: Naoya Inoue. So Inoue. it's N-A-O-Y-A-I-N-O-U-E. They call him the monster and that's what he is.
0: Right. Cool. And um, the very last question, we could cut this if if you don't have a proper answer or if maybe you can't think of anything right now, but what advice do you have for young people?
1: For young people in general?
0: Anything. Any sort of wisdom Hmm. you could share?
1: I think for young people out there, for me it's just like find things that you like to do it's not always easy but try to find things that like you enjoy doing and do those things and try to like get better at them try to set goals try to try to improve yourself like that's what i'm about as a person is self-improvement in all areas like i like learn about things you don't know about learn about personal finance learn about uh, history i mean learn about whatever you're excited about learn about it and even things that you maybe don't aren't so interested in but just try to learn in general and get better as a person and like i mean for me i was never the most confident person and i think that's something i struggled with for a number of years just like having belief in myself so i think having goals working towards them achieving things seeing that you could accomplish stuff makes people feel good about themselves and then they develop that that confidence which is huge in life i mean like and like to accomplish anything you need to believe in yourself but to believe in yourself you have to find a reason to believe in yourself right so I think like finding areas to work at get better at um can make you feel good and then if once you start becoming more confident you'll you could become even more successful it's like a it's a I guess like a cycle in that sense and like I mean aside from that like something that's important to me is just treating people the way you want to be treated so like this is outside of like personal accomplishments but like try to not be selfish and just like do things for other people like think about what others uh, put others first sometimes not just yourself like whether that's family friends and try to do you know right by other people and I think like we need more of that that positivity and like just like you know asking your friends how are they doing reach out to them like uh, you know do nice things for people without expecting anything in return I'm not perfect I don't always do that but I think just, like, being a generous person is is, is is a good characteristic. And I think, like, if you put those things out there, you'll get them in return. And I think that's what life's about is the relationships you, you form with people.
0: I think that was such a great way to uh, to end this episode, to end this podcast. And I just want to thank you for taking the time. And I really, really appreciate it. it was I a, hope you had fun.
1: It was a pleasure. And I, I could go for hours more. And, uh, I mean, we can always do this again. I'd be happy to.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to have you back.
1: Me too. Thank you very much.
0: All right. Goodbye, everyone.